0: this is plugged in 2023 con edison's podcast on everything and anything about energy and what we all can do to get to a clean energy future
1: hello everyone and welcome to our first podcast for 2023 happy new year i'm your host philip O'Brien. This new year already promises to be filled with challenges, issues, events, and debates about energy, the energy industry, and all the related subjects like climate change, clean energy, renewables, fusion, and much, much more. It's our custom here at Plugged In to get a first look at what those energy trends and issues are likely to be as another new year starts. So joining us is Steve Parisi. Steve is Con Edison's Senior Vice President of Central Operations. Happy New Year, Steve. Thanks very much, Phil. Great to be here. Thank you. From where you sit, what is the big picture energy story for 2023? I would certainly have to say it's electrification. That is the big story. Electrification. That's a big word. Could you give us uh, the basic broad definition?
2: Yeah, so really electrification is the things today that earn fossil fuel, gas, things, the way you uh, put what you put in your car, the way you heat your home. Those methods are going to be electrified, meaning they'll be charged with electricity. You'll use things that store electricity in your daily lives. So cars, your heating systems all become electrified. So that comes the source from our electric grid.
1: And why is that important for us, Con Edison, as an energy company and also for our customers? So for us and for our customers, it's really electrification
2: is about climate change and uh, reducing emissions, carbon emissions to the environment. The the things that we burn in our lives for heating, for transportation, they do damage the to the uh, environment. They lead to climate change, and we see that and then coming in forms, different forms, longer, hotter heat waves in the summer, uh, you know, stronger storms, sea level rise, all the
1: things that are really affecting and driving climate change uh, in the world around us. So now, how does electrification factor into Con Edison's clean energy commitment? And would you remind us of that commitment? (laughs) So, yeah, so uh, we are committed to supporting uh, the clean energy future.
2: Um, Really significant goals that are out in New York State to reduce carbon emissions significantly by 2040 and to be really uh, completely clean emissions by 2050. To do that, we need to take all of those uh, fossil sources and make them electrified. And our clean energy commitment, part of our commitment, is really uh, building the grid so that we can support all of these methods that now don't run on fossil fuel but consume electricity. And so when they consume electricity, that's a, a lot
1: more capacity than we currently use today. We have to make the infrastructure to get us there. Does that mean um, a bigger grid, a stronger grid, both, uh, a modern grid? So I I would say it certainly means more
2: infrastructure in general because uh, loads, our customer loads and usage will be significantly higher. Uh, So we have to build the infrastructure that supports that. And we have to be able to take in renewable energy sources such as offshore wind, solar, include battery storage, uh, all the new technologies and clean energy sources that are coming to us. And so our grid really has to adapt and also be resilient to the weather that is changing around us that we see all the time affecting our customers every day.
1: Right, and part of that plays into that our world never stops. All of us are always on, using devices, moving around. Now we wanna give those essential tools we use every day, as you said, cars, stoves, heating systems, An electrical upgrade. What are the benefits of making that switch? Yeah, so those all those things significantly reduce carbon emission for
2: one, Um, and and really they, uh, you know, different things that people will be using in their in their everyday lives going forward. Today, almost everyone drives or uh, is using a, a combustion engine, and very very quickly that is turning into electric vehicles and. That's not only for your personal cars, but also for public transportation, buses, uh, and and in some cases, fleet systems that come around to deliver things to the homes. We're working with New York City Construction Authority for schools. Schools are changing over where the buildings are becoming completely electrified. So their heat systems, uh, certainly their AC, how they make hot water, as those schools are being renovated or or built new, they're becoming completely electrified. Uh, We see that certainly in... New York City Housing Authority as well, as, as we deploy charging stations at uh, housing authority developments. And also in our deployment of clean heat pumps for electricity, we have things that make these prog- uh, incentive programs that make these tools available to our customers,
1: make them more accessible uh, to people in our service territory. And the power company, Con Edison, or any other utility can't do this alone. It has to be a collaborative effort with all these huge entities as well as the little customer of the person in their apartment or their home. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, you know, we see, we
2: see um, developers who are putting in new buildings in the city applying uh, for service from us, and their, their building is 100 electric, percent electricity using no fossil uh, and really no carbon footprint at all. So a very tight building uh, efficiency-wise that is using electric heat pumps uh, and electric uh, electric hot water heating as well. So it's really a changing landscape
1: uh, for what customers are bringing to us and what we can provide to them. So you already mentioned that all of this change, all of this transition to a clean energy future will involve at the very least a more structured infrastructure, a bigger infrastructure. What, that brings up the question of resiliency, m- making sure it all works. What is Con Edison doing about that? Yeah, so in many of our
2: substations, we'll be adding or replacing transformers that have a, you know, a longer life cycle and heating cycle to them. So as days are warmer, our transformers are able to deliver more. On the distribution side, as we put infrastructure in place to go to the homes, we have done some selective undergrounding as well. So where we sometimes we, we see... Uh, overhead power lines. Some of that is getting uh, undergrounded to cu- customers' homes directly. Um, it's a starting point. It's a long journey. Obviously, we have a very extensive distribution system, but you know that and uh, other switches that we put in the ground that work automatically will allow us
1: to uh, make our grid more resilient. Um, most of us will say that we live very busy lives. We're always doing something. So something that might seem obvious to someone else gets passed by someone else because they're just oblivious to it. So how are we reaching out to customers about this big change?
2: Yeah, we certainly uh, are trying to communicate our message on uh, the clean energy future and commitment. You know, we have many touch points to our customers. Our customer service system uh, is a a good place for us to be able to contact our customers. We're putting in a new uh, system where it'll make that communication better, uh, easier, easier for customers to do business with us, easier for us to communicate with them, and also to make customers aware when there are programs that are out there, things that we're doing, work that we may be performing, or programs that they may qualify for that you know, we become an easier company to work with and, and exchange information with.
1: Well, I think we've made clear that this is an enormous undertaking in very many ways, but it's also not much time. And tick-tock, tick-tock, we've got like seven years until the first deadline comes. And then what, another another 10 after that? You know, somebody born today would be a teenager when all of this is supposed to happen. Can you tell us what Con Edison is working on to get the grid ready for... The renewables, yeah. So twenty thirty or twenty forty seems
2: like a long way off, but twenty thirty in in terms of time needed to put infrastructure in place to make this change is like you're like you just said is not as long as you think. Um, but we've already started with uh, some of our projects. We have um, our reliable clean city projects. These are transmission feeders that connect us to other utilities and within our own. And those feeders are, were put in, are being put in place to take the place of some of the oldest, uh, not the cleanest burning gas turbines that are used in the summer for peaking. So with those transmission feeders that we're putting in, uh, first goes in this, this year coming with two more to follow. Those are you know, able to deliver clean energy as, it, as it's taken into our system and really put it into places where consumers can use it. And the byproduct of that is we're taking away uh, some some gas turbines that really uh, were the highest emitters in the system. So that's a good first step. We're working with more than a dozen private developers uh, with projects that connect to our substations, and those are those interconnections into our substations. That's where developers will bring in hydropower, also offshore wind. Uh, we'll see solar get connected as well, and battery storage, um, which is really important. We need battery storage connected in because renewables can be intermittent, meaning the wind doesn't always blow, the sun doesn't always shine. Right. We need to be able to store energy, and battery, battery technology is getting better and better. We're also designing new substations, not only to provide additional capacity, uh, but they also, they also adopt renewable energy and, and really help us to provide it to our customers at the local level. So to, you know, as customer usage goes up, we do need more substations closer to the customer, and that really helps us to make sure that we can meet their energy needs.
0: You're listening to Plugged In, Con Edison's podcast about energy and what we can all do to get to a clean energy future. Did you know, this year marks Con Edison's 200th anniversary. If you want to learn more, follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. Our handle is at Con And now let's return to our show.
1: We're back and talking with Steve Parisi. Con Edison's senior vice president for central operations about 2023 energy trends. And Steve, what comes to my mind after you really insightfully were were explaining all of this is um, a a utility like Con Edison does not stand alone. We're all connected around the country to each other. We could get electricity from Canada. We could get it from the Midwest. So everybody's sort of connected or in fact connected. Does, Does the... Work towards a clean energy future depend on those other regions. So,
2: you're right. We are uh, very interconnected. Um, offshore wind comes into Long Island. Long, Long Island uh, connects into our system as well. We have hydropower projects, a large transmission projects coming from, up from Canada uh, down into New York that will deliver hydropower right into you know, some areas in Queens. So that really gives you an idea of how connected we are um, and and you need a, um, many sources uh, many connections to other states uh, really makes the grid more reliable, but it also gives you far greater access to renewable energy and energy sources that really
1: that can come into New York because New York is very much a load center mm-hmm. and the dependability of some of those other places, for instance for solar you've got you 've got uh, you know the southwest, which probably Correct me if I'm wrong. Has more solar, yeah. So uh, consistency than other places.
2: Large, large solar footprint uh, in the Midwest. Upstate New York has a, a high uh, wind density, and we want to get that power to be able to flow into a load center like New York is. Same thing off the shores, shores of Long Island.
1: So tell us, what does the grid of the future look like? We've we've got to that date in 17 years, and <laughs> and. <laughs> what are we seeing or, diff- or doing that might be different? Uh, so I would say certainly
2: substations that are supplied by renewable energy, receiving that renewable energy. Um, so we, w- we will have more of them and um, making those interconnection points. Uh, there will be additional capacity at substations that are local in the community. The distribution system will be reinforced, uh, additional capacity, and customers will be Having chargers close to their homes, or in their homes, or in their neighborhoods, so that they can charge electric vehicles. Homes and and buildings will be powered. Will be heated by heat pumps and other
1: electrified uh, sources for heat. So, Steve, you, we've been talking about the scope of these changes, the intricacy of it, the the science and engineering of it. What about the cost? There is a significant investment
2: for us to make, um, and we'll do that as efficiently as possible and, and pick the right projects uh, really to meet our customers' energy needs. We're committed to affordability for our customers. Uh, we know that our customers depend on us and, and they need help for us to look out for their best interests. Um, the proposed new rates will provide some additional benefits for low and moderate income customers. And as we're making that investment in our infrastructure, we will really make look to have that um, costs be evenly distributed so that it doesn't really
1: fall on the low and moderate income customer uh, significantly. This new year, 2023, Steve, Con Edison has an application in to raise the charges for services. Could you explain how that works and why it's so needed? Sure. Every few years, uh, we
2: apply for our rates with our regulators, and that is really uh, setting out a plan that looks at the horizon of what will be needed in our, in our energy systems. And, and in doing that, uh, as we've been talking about, is really looking at the infrastructure that's needed to be built to achieve the clean energy future. So that is a part of our rate plan that uh, we work with our regulators. And really, that is to make the right investments for our customers. Um, and because we are, you know, making a switch, we have uh, clean energy commitments to meet, and that investment is necessary, yeah. Uh, so, so we do have that, have that in our rate plans, and yeah, that that will need uh, rate increases to some. Um, and we would look to distribute that very evenly across our customer base, so that again, so that we don't disproportionately affect one group, uh, one or another group of our
1: customers. Uh, really looking out for our low and moderate income customers as a whole. Right. And this is something that Con Edison cannot do unilaterally. This is – you mentioned regulators, but but what you didn't say was that it is a state public service commission, sort of like a consumer affairs organization for the state that looks at utilities and and cable companies and water companies and all kinds of these essential services. That's correct. Um, and, and so we – during that process – we have uh,
2: significant outreach with all of our stakeholders, the people and the entities that will be uh, affected by our future rates. So really um, making our plans, our projects, the things that are needed, that we think are needed, really part of the discussion so that uh, people are aware, there's public comments that can take place, and we can get the input to either adjust our plans or really to elaborate more on them
1: so people understand the things that we uh, would need to have done for our customer base. And Con Edison's uh, drive towards this is sort of in a, a leadership role. Isn't that correct? And and part of that is based on some hard knocks the company has had recently. Yeah. So uh, we've certainly
2: experienced uh, some of the more, most significant storms. I, I, th- I believe it's six of the worst storms uh, in the company's long history. And You know, as measured by customer outages, uh, really have occurred since 2010. So there are things that we continue to do with our system to make it more resilient, uh, both on the overhead and on the underground system, the way that uh, the the areas that are affected uh, during the more significant storms um, and and really putting uh, very targeted work in place and continuing to do that to make uh, our system more resilient. This past year, we've seen the effects of heavy wind and rain Uh, in in places that have caused flooding. So we continue to work on being very storm
1: resilient. Okay, Steve, we've talked a great deal about electrification, about a clean energy future, and all of what that would entail. But there are still some other major topics that involve energy, the energy industry. And one of them, by no means a small one, is cybersecurity. I mean, imagine if, if some bad guys, messed up everything. We'd really be in a, in, a, in a bad shape. Tell us about the security and cybersecurity landscape. Yeah, I'll really take it in, in two pieces.
2: You you mentioned cybersecurity. We, we, he in Con Ed, we think of security as both physical and cybersecurity, and we really have to address both. Um, on the cyber side, really being uh, protective of our systems, who we allow to connect to our systems, and really having a lot of uh, tools that allow us to monitor, detect uh, conditions that we think might sh- might show a vulnerability uh, and really detect a condition before it becomes a problem. So, you know, cyber hygiene, being very protective of, uh, of connections to our system,
1: very, very important. And we take it extremely seriously. And then on the other side, we had that incident towards the end of 2022 in North Carolina. Correct. Where, where somebody shot up a substation with a, with a high powered rifle and knocked out power to tens of thousands of people. Uh, correct. So, we've been investing in
2: physical security of our infrastructure for a number of years, um, and really have over over those years have put in place, you know, some of the physical barriers that really protect our 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 substations, our generating stations, and and some of our gas facilities as well. So, you know, you want to make a really like a defense and depth approach, fences, you know, gates, things that uh, protect, keep the public or people from having access and and also uh, monitoring uh, both by um, both by people and by cameras and by intrusion detection systems, things that when people come by or maybe uh, detect a condition around one of our stations, they, they alert us remotely and can give us an opportunity to pay attention and see if there's anything that we need to investigate further. The other part of physical security is really our own people, our employees, and and the public at large too. Our employees are very attuned to security conditions. Um, you know, you, you really have to be vigilant uh, when you're working at our facilities or around our facilities or really driving around New York. And when when something doesn't look right, you know, there's contacts that we have within the company that allow us. To go to law enforcement or to deploy our own security personnel to check and see if a condition needs to be paid attention to, so our employees really help us with that.
1: Um, and then there's the technology behind it as well. Okay, Steve. For a final question, tell us what you think is the most promising energy innovation on the horizon. There's a few. So some are near term and some are further off. Okay. You know, cold
2: climate heat pumps. Uh, there's there was some skepticism about heat pumps on how well they can heat your uh, home or office in the coldest of cold conditions and, cold, and uh, cold climate heat pumps with variable speed motors in them really are proving to be very very effective so uh, kind of taking that out of the equation so, which means you'll see heat pumps probably deploy even further than they are today. Battery storage technology gets better and better, uh, you, you know, year over year the technology, the efficiency, the recharge time uh, and sort of the lasting efficiency of the battery continues to get better. So we see that, and, that's, and we know that that will be a factor going forward for us on the grid. And then there's electric vehicles, which uh, will really continue to make a tremendous impact on our lives. Right now, pe- many people may not own an electric vehicle. In the next few years, you certainly will, uh, because that will be a mainstay
1: uh, of transportation. So EVs are here and here to stay. And Con Edison is instrumental in setting up charging systems for them? So we play a role in that for sure, uh,
2: making sure that folks have reliable places that they can go to charge those electric vehicles all across the city. And Westchester. And that will be part of our work to perform to get those charging stations hooked up and and really make that path forward. And more and more hydrogen pilot projects in place where we start to use uh, hydrogen, clean hydrogen in in our uh, generation of power or in our gas system as a whole. So we're looking at that. It's a little further off, but the pilot projects are, are getting going, which is very good to see in our area. And finally, you know, I'll say you see in the news that uh, fusion, uh, and as far off as that sounds, fusion uh, was uh, was somewhat successful very recently. So for 100% input in electricity, the, pr- the fusion process was putting out 150% energy. So that becomes really very promising. I think fusion's been been worked on for almost 70 years to get to that point. So, you know, it's, it's not too hard to see that continue to go forward in the future. Uh, certainly
1: more work to be done, uh, but that is very promising for our future. Oh, that's a major thing. What a promise that would be, the fusion.
2: Yeah, uh, right. it's you know you, you, we see it in uh, science fiction movies right. and Marvel and uh, you know Tony Stark, but uh, uh, great to see scientists, uh, physicists in California make that breakthrough.
1: Mm. Lots of things to look forward to, Steve. We want to thank you for joining us today and hope maybe you can come back in twenty twenty four. Thanks, thanks very much for having me. Uh, really happy to be here to talk, and I really
2: wish all of our customers, our employees very happy 2023.
1: I uh, look forward to all the challenges we have ahead and significant work with a great team. Great. And we'll extend that good wish to all our listeners as well. Thank you. I'm Philip O'Brien. Until next time, stay plugged in.
0: If you have a comment or question about the program, you can send us an email to podcast at con-ed.com. We'd love to hear from you. Also, you can follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and YouTube, and Spotify. Our handle is at ConEdison.